Welcome back to the Between Breaths podcast. Uh, we've had a little bit of a break, haven't we? Um, I apologies, was running up and down Snowdon for the Head for Change charity far too many times. If you haven't uh, seen the YouTube video, do check uh, that out. But uh, we're here today, episode 18, speaking with Connie from Breathwork Alchemy. And Connie's fantastic uh, coach, speaker, and has an amazing outlook um, on breathwork as a whole, um, some of which comes from her own journey and within her own journey that she will talk about in this podcast, has explored basically everything when it comes from breathwork. And she is someone that I was very interested in getting onto the podcast because there's not often you get practitioners that have done and scoped out all angles, everything from the hyperventilation work to the functional breathing of the advantage and everything in between. Um, so she has a very unique outlook on breathwork as a whole. And uh, I'm sure you will be uh, as intrigued as I was uh, asking questions during this interview. So I really enjoyed this very great uh, rounded view and approach. And I think that where she's got to and, and how she teaches with this now, um, I think you'll find very interesting. And I certainly was um, found it interesting, but also found it very um, encouraging as well. Um, so uh, sit back, relax, uh, enjoy either listening to or watching if you're watching uh, on YouTube to Connie from Breathwork Alchemy on the Between Breaths podcast. We enter this world taking our first breath and sadly we leave this place taking our last. And what I want to do with this podcast is to explore what happens between those breaths. I'm David Jackson, Jacko, and this is the Between Breaths podcast. So Connie, uh, welcome to the Between Breaths podcast. I guess first of all, am I saying that? Am I saying Connie? Am I saying it right? Connie sounds perfect, and last name is Bizaiski. That's the yeah. I didn't even dare. One. I didn't even dare <laughs> dare attempt that. I'll, I'll try and attempt that. Maybe you can use some lessons. Um, thank you for coming on to the Between Breaths podcast. Um, yes. I'm very excited um, to talk with you, and, and I'm sure the listeners are going to be as well. And because. From I've I followed you for we were saying this off air I followed you for for your work and, and what you're doing for a long time and um, there's a really interesting um, hopefully eye opening an ear opening and maybe heart and nervous system opening conversation with you um, because you are in your work bringing together both the functional breathing the scientific evidence-based stuff with the, uh, to, to quote a phrase on your website, ancient wisdom and the trauma release and the stress and the nervousness. So it's such a wide scope of um, breathwork modalities that you, you teach and bring together. Just give the listeners, um, and a lot of them will have, have be following you already on Instagram and, and whatnot, but just give us a little bit of a what are the number of things that you do and, and, and just introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Chico. Yeah, <laughs> all mine. yeah. Um, yeah. Where to begin? I, uh, discovered the world of breathwork, uh, 
I don't know, maybe I think it was 2017 or so. Yeah. Um, I was deep in my in my personal development uh, healing journey. Um, I was struggling a lot with um, anxious attachment in relationships, so that was my main my main driver <laughs> to figure figure out healing and figure myself out. Um, and then also depression and um, just, yeah, I was a real seeker and I had been for many years. Uh, I was initiated in 2012 after a breakup that completely like tore me open and I didn't really know what to, what to do with my life anymore. And I didn't have any tools. And so, you know, Mm. I was traveling around the world. It was very nomadic for um, a very, very long time since I was a teenager and I was trying to find answers and I was trying to find modalities and practices that would help me to sort of ease my suffering. And so I initially found my way into, um, yeah, that my inner journey, I guess, via Buddhism back in 2012. And, you know, I started meditating and eventually uh, became a meditation teacher and a yoga teacher. But you know, and I'd, I'd, I'd done a lot of therapy, a lot of talk therapy. I yeah. went to all the, the Tony Robbins events. I went to all the Dr. Joe Dispenza uh, wow. retreats and, you know, done all the plant medicine and ayahuasca's and whatnot. And, you know, I mean, they, they I'm not saying nothing was helpful. I mean, they definitely yeah. played their part, but nothing was really sustainable. And I was still okay. suffering at the end of the day. I was still yeah. struggling in relationships. Um, I had, a, you know, looking back, I didn't know that at the time, but I had uh, an incredibly dysregulated nervous system, uh, a very dysfunctional breathing pattern. Yeah. Um, and so in, in 2017, I discovered uh, holotropic breathwork. Um, and I was in I was in Los Angeles and I went to an intro workshop and um, I had really no idea what, what I was getting myself into. And I, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, having studied yoga and, and meditation for quite some time, I knew about the breath and pranayama, of course, but I wasn't really that interested in breathing that much at the time. Yeah. And so I went to this the holotropic workshop. is you, you holotropic, you, you deep it, you straight. It. <laughs> yeah, I had no clue. I just knew altered states of consciousness, you know, and uh and i think i heard about it in in some podcast and so i went and had a very profound experience um very emotional experience um and was yeah was very impressed by what i was able to do and feel and experience just by using my breath and it took another while for me to really dive into breathwork um deeper and more consistently and that took another breakup (laughs) like for me breakups were always my sort of the dynamite in my personal development because there was always so much suffering attached to it and um so then eventually um I dove much deeper into transformational breathwork um and because I knew I couldn't just figure this breakup or the pain of the breakup out in my head and just doing talk therapy and affirmations and mindset work and reading books. I knew I needed to get down to the level of my body. And so um, I, yeah, just tried out all sorts of different uh, breathwork um, modalities and teachers. And I was living in Bali at the time and thing breathwork was sort of taking off there at the time. And then, yeah, I just found so much, 
healing through um, this kind of breath work. And I was able to really start connecting to my emotions in a way that I hadn't been connected to them before. And um, it was really my my bridge into my body for sure. And And so after a while, I got really interested to explore the breath further. And I started learning about the nervous system and, you know, so this whole world opened up and then, um, and then I heard about um, uh, Patrick McEwen and Oxygen Advantage and I got into that and then Buteyko. And so, you know, I got certified in both of those modalities and, and then, yeah, you know how it goes. It just goes deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole. Um, and then started learning more about trauma and um, working with the body and rather than with the mind to mm. um, find healing and, and to regulate our nervous system. Um, and so, yeah, and then here we are today, yeah. um, I guess that brings us. You've made to... it onto the Between Breast podcast. Rich. Yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> um, is wild in a way, but yeah. I, um, well, yeah, equally wild because if I think of what I was doing 10 years ago, I was just. <laughs> 10 years ago I was trying to recover from a brain injury from rugby like with no idea about breathing at all but that's a different um I'm gonna ask you a question that I didn't necessarily think I was gonna ask you um Mm. but you talked about any you know and I sort of nodded along and you were like you know when someone says something they sort of you say it and you nod to encourage them then I start nodding to it and it was like you talked about came across you know Oxford Vantage, Pramit Securin's work, uh, Buteyko and then and down that rabbit hole and it go and, and just going deeper. <clears throat> the one of the things that I just love about breathing, breath work, breath trait, whatever we're gonna however we want to phrase we want to use for it though, is that if you wanna go if you wanna go down there, you can go down there and start to see on a, you know on the in the in the tiniest detailed level um, how breathing is influencing your physiology. And then there's even the, there's there's other stuff that I'm sure we're going to get to talk about that we don't even know yet. We haven't even explained it yet in terms of scientifically because they just can't measure it. They can't study it. But you can go down there. But what I found is like going down there sort of helps cement a lot of understanding for a lot of us of just okay scientifically it's doing something to me which will just let me like up here cognitively um uh, trust it but when you when you come back out you go well actually it's really easy in terms of some of not not everything but just into particular some of the stuff that i teach around like you know functional breathing the, the oxidative side of things you go like some of it's easy for some people it's like they just feel a world different when they close the mouth and breathe through the nose a bit, or they slow down a bit. Well, you know, it's, it's, it can be easy. Where's for you, where's the, where's that balance of like, when I zoom back out, I can go down the road and I zoom back out. I just go, wow, this thing's so powerful. It affects all those things deep down there. But all I've got to do is, is ask someone to do this, this, and this, what, what are those? Like, if you could only spend five minutes with someone, or say mm-hmm. three things to them, or I don't know, I'm not going to put a number on it, but you have a small amount of time, like, what do you say to them? Yeah, yeah, such a good question. And I, and I think you're right, because 
you know, as we dive into the rabbit hole and we explore all these different modalities and practices and techniques and the different ways that we can use our breath, right? Like it's, yeah. it's mind blowing, right? Yeah. And um, but you've and still then... only got two options in terms of like you've got your nose or your mouth. Like it, you can go as deep down that rabbit hole as you want, but you've got to come back and you got to choose one of those. But choose one yeah, of those. Exactly. And and it, yeah. So yeah, exactly. And so and you can inhale and exhale and you can hold your breath. Sort of. There's like not that's much. Basically, it. <laughs> yeah. What are we but, even here for? Yeah. Damn. There's so many different ways that you can use these variables. Um, yeah. And and so. Yeah. So, so you dive in and then I think what happens to a lot of us, we dive in and we like experiment and use this technique and this and that. And, and then eventually we come back out again and we zoom out and we're like, oh, wow, actually it's, it's actually really simple. It doesn't yeah. take that much. And I think yeah. that's, I think that's comparable to so many journeys that we take in life. You know, it's yeah. at least for a lot of learners and curious humans out there where, we we explore something that we're really inspired by and then we learn everything about it try a lot of stuff out and then we reduce it to the essentials again yeah because it's not sustainable to constantly be you know using 100 techniques um and so if i was to if i had five minutes and i needed to tell someone who had a dysfunctional breathing pattern and was maybe stressed out um a lot and um you know, how to use the breath in the most efficient way, like the 80, 20 rule, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, then I'd say, you know, probably very similar to what you would say, just nose breathe, just try to nose breathe 24 seven when you're walking, when you're, you know, driving your car, when you're working 24 seven, tape your mouth at night. Um, and then uh, diaphragmatic breathing, uh, just try and get your breath down low. And then besides that, um, yes, check in with your breathing several times a day to just see how it's flowing. Is it fast? Is it in your chest? Is it in your belly? Is it nose? Mm. Is it mouth? But then when it comes to, let's say, daily practice, I would just I would reduce it to um, coherence breathing, you know, to account of four or five, and then some nice diaphragmatic breathing, and then maybe work up to a slight air hunger if they can, you know, but I think in the beginning, it's just about getting them to reconnect to their breath and their body, make it really simple. And then we can add on something like air hunger to actually work on our CO2 tolerance in the long term. But that's as simple as I would yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What no, do you no. think? Yeah, no, no, I love it. I love it. Um, I love the fact that like, well, we'll get into like nervous system wise, that slowing down the breath connecting with your breath and even just thinking about my breathing we've shown there's within literally like just thinking about your breathing will help you to slow it down just by that literally by mm. that fact and when we True. slow it's not we don't have to be um you know a neuroscientist to go oh when i breathe slower and calmer i feel calmer my heart rate's a bit slower and calmer okay i can i can i can make that link as to why that's going to be calming for my nervous system um, yeah. and that's that's what i love about it that it's not it's not super complex, as you say. Um, mm. I think one thing to take advantage for the listeners of, I don't know, I don't know if I do know anybody else, um, maybe, but I don't know if there's anyone else that's sort of done Oxygen Advantage, Buteco, Transformational, Holotropic, Somatic, Yoga, Meditation will have elements of breathing in. Like, just go through the list of all those things that you've done and we're not going to hierarchy them of which is best they're all sort but uh just what are they like mm. 
well, some mm. people will hear those terms and like, mm. um, yeah, is there any sort of way of, uh, is there any sort of way you classify them? You know, I've, I've, I've mentioned before about sort of some things that they have in common is that there might be based on, there's a hyperventilation part to it. Is that one way to categorize certain ones or not? Like, where do you, mm. yeah, where, where mm. are these things? Just di- differentiate the, what, explain them for people. Cause we've, some people have heard these, mm-hmm. but they might totally. not actually know really what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, Buteco is all about functional breathing and especially working with pathological breathing patterns, but also, um, let's say asthma, yes, but also, uh, you know, burnout, stress, anxiety, panic attacks, uh, sleeping issues, sleep apnea, snoring, um, you know, dysfunctional breathing with kids, um, people with chronic pain, um, that sort of stuff. Um, and then, and for me that mostly using the breath, yes, to create a functional breathing pattern, but really to regulate the nervous system. I think that's what it's all about. (laughs) And then oxygen advantage for me is sort of, so you think, so just so for you, like Buteco, actually one of the underpinning things being relating to nervous system i don't think they talk about it very much at all uh i don't think uh, that's why i stopped i went hold on yeah yeah but (laughs) almost that they you know that's what it's doing or one of the things it's doing but they don't know that's what it's doing but they just know it works or they just Uh, choose not to talk about it that way yeah i don't know if it's conscious or not um I don't think Patrick talks about the nervous system too much. It's just mm. not how he approaches his work and, and teaching and breathing. Um, but in the end, you know, when we establish a functional breathing pattern, yeah. then we establish or we help in establishing a regulated nervous system, because mm. as you mentioned before, they both go together, yeah. right? The more yeah. we, um, the more we uh, establish, you know, healthy breathing, slower breathing, uh, and find more grounding in our breath, the more um, our nervous system can sort of relax, regulate itself, find a balance, the more we can build up our heart rate variability, and, and thus, you know, improve our stress resilience. And so it's all connected in the end. And I guess maybe in, in oxygen advantage or Buteco, they, they do talk maybe a little bit about HRV. Um, yeah. And in the end, HRV is just telling us about the health of our nervous system. Um, yeah, it existed so, before we measured it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, so that's how I look at, you know, yeah. my work is, is, yes, it's the breath. And it's so much about nervous system regulation. Um, yeah. I think the one and like, you know, as we say, if you have a chaotic breath, you probably have a chaotic mind. Like if you have a calm yeah. breath, you probably yeah. more, you're more likely to have a, a calmer mind and a calmer yeah. body. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then we have oxygen advantage, which is um, Patrick's sort of, he, he, he developed the Buteco practice a bit further. Um, yeah. I think the way he talks yeah. about it, he developed it mainly for men. He wanted to get men to get excited about breathing essentially Which, and look it's worked uh, it's worked like you right yeah we're doing this <laughs> me and matt bagwell doing a certification in brighton at the end of march mm-hmm. um this it might already it might be april by the time this is out but we had a, we had 10 people book on so far nine of them are women so it, no way <laughs> yeah no really uh, uh, it, <laughs> that's the, cool it, it, it the oxygen master has definitely helped 
with must men. be a looks then, Jacko. <laughs> but men has helped. It's helped men get involved. But one of the lovely things about it is it hasn't put women off, even though it potentially is marketed a yeah. little bit more masculine yeah. in its. Yeah. In its well, if you look at the, you know the what's the? Oh, here we go. You know. Yeah, I know. The, yeah, the, the, the instructor the manual. Instructor People manual, watching like, on the video. <laughs> that's. I mean, there's a picture of Connie on the front. <laughs> 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 no. I tried my best in the gym today, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that obviously tells you a lot about yeah. who this might be geared to. I said but... I've got a good story actually of uh, uh, as a master instructor, I teach the certification, so you know, send out manuals to people when they sign up. And um, a guy emailed me, it was like, um, a brown sort of you know envelope arrived with like a, a book in and and he said he like rushed away to his he was dead excited knowing it was going to be his instructor manual and he said his his wife like came into the room because he ran ran like a little school sort of excited schoolboy to get his open it up and his he said his wife thought what on earth is going on because he pulls out of this thing she's thinking is it a porn mag or something there's a and there's and there's and there's a picture of a naked gay guy I'm not sorry, naked sorry, there's a naked guy on the front he's not naked he's just topless on the front and he said his wife was like what is going on here and he's like oh it's just breathing don't worry sorry. <laughs> yeah no that's funny um yeah so i'm happy to hear that there's uh, so many women that are oh, uh, interested. I'll in probably training. easily yeah. it's for me when I do stuff, it's like it's 50 50. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not biased. Well, really. it didn't repel me and yeah. I identify as a woman. So yeah. yeah and, but yeah, I mean, it, that was Patrick's, I guess, motivation in the beginning because he saw so many uh, women do the Boteco training with him yeah. and wanted to get more men involved and get more men connected to their breath and to their bodies. And so it's more, I guess, geared also judging from the cover of the instructor manual towards athletes and yes it's, you know, there's uh, a sport performers yeah, yeah. so there, there's that aspect to it um and again it, it, yes it, but in the end again i think it's a lot of bad regulation <laughs> nervous yeah. system regulation right it's yeah. it's very similar to potato and yet it's a little bit uh, more creative in a sense, maybe yeah. also because Potego is a little bit limited in some ways. Yeah. Um, to stick how you to can that. Use it. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, to be able to call it Potego, right? Like yeah. you got to use yeah, it in yeah. a certain way. Yeah. And um, I find that with Auction Advantage, it's a case of essentially there is a, there is a certain number of exercises that fit within its method, but mm -hmm. that's just some exercises that have come out of, again, evidence-based stuff. But mm -hmm. what you learn and then what we teach when we're teaching it is just the, the, the principles of how of the science of breathing, how breathing influences your physiology. And, it, and mm. what I love about it is that it just gives you that bedrock of just base level, not just base level, but it gives you that those those scientific principles that aren't going to change that mm -hmm. anything else you can understand from if you understand those. You can mm -hmm. go and look at anything else and understand mm -hmm. what's going on physiologically within, totally. within the body. Yeah. And I think any, any person out there that calls themselves a breath worker and is teaching the breath should be doing oxygen advantage and or Boteco trainings as yeah. like a foundation. To know that the will, science. Yeah. Yeah. To, Cause that equips you with everything you need to know to, to really safely and efficiently use the breath. And then you can, you can always adjust it and, and, yeah. you know, be creative with it, but then you, you actually know how, how it all fits together. And I think that's what maybe, um, a lot of people, and that's what I saw in the yoga meditation pranayama, 
um, department, uh, a lot of people were lacking and not, yeah. you know, not having that understanding. And, and I think actually that is also a big part of Patrick's work now with Anastasis is yeah. bringing breathwork and oxygen advantage to yoga teachers. Um, yeah. And I actually did the yoga uh, oxygen advantage uh, program back then. I think the first yeah. one they ran a couple of years yeah. ago. So it's a specific, um, just for the listeners, there's a specific oxygen advantage certification for yoga. Um, that's what, yeah, that's for yoga what teachers. Yeah. Um, so one and thing then for we, me, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, the, the, so what's potentially quite different then is mm-hmm. within the Oxford Vantage, we don't, um, there isn't any exercises that are hyperventilation based. No, and they're not. Whatever the, yeah. the reasons can, you know, but when good you reason, talk about. For very good reason. Yeah, but and when you talk I, about I, transformational, when you talk about um, holotropic, and potentially mm-hmm. in a somatic, this is what from from yourself, like, are all of those based on some hyperventilation or all mm-hmm. of it is based on or like where mm-hmm. there's a step change between Buteco, Oxvantage, and then into these yeah. other modalities. Yeah. Describe those things for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, actually, one thing I wanted to add Sorry, also yeah, yeah. why I love Buteco and Oxygen Advantage is because they have the, they, they essentially bring together breathwork on the mat and breathwork off the mat. And yeah. I think that's also what makes them very special and unique and uh, and so e- effective because we actually take breathwork uh, off the mat into our lives. Let yeah. it be as a preparation for exercise an or workout. Yeah. It's an everyday tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, a really and, good point. Really good point. And I think that, that yeah, that's what I love about it too as, as a practitioner and also as a teacher. Um, so now, yeah, let's go to the transformational style breathwork. And yes, um, the way I teach it is hyperventilation. Yes. Um, we have a very long list of contraindications, so it's not for everyone at all. And at best, you know, I would, if I work with someone one-on-one, for example, I would like to do breath coaching beforehand, get them to a nice bold score of, you know, 2025 before I then actually do a transformational style uh, breathwork session. Um, that would be the best case scenario. Let's yeah. install a functional breathing pattern first before we then dive into hyperventilation practice. Now, with Buteco and Oxygen Advantage, for me, it's really about the day-to-day breathing. It's about, yes, breathwork practices on the mat and off the mat on a daily basis. And it's about regulating your nervous system. Um, whereas transformational style breathwork, hyperventilation practices is, for me specifically, with a very clear intention Um, And that is to uh, close stress cycles or complete emotional stress cycles to be able to access material that lives in our unconscious or subconscious um, that might have been living there for a very long time, maybe since we were, you know, um, babies or even, you know, birth traumas. Um, uh, So it could be trauma material. It doesn't have to be, but um, it's a wonderful way to get in touch with our emotions and to get t- get in touch with that uh, more unconscious material to process it, to bring it up to the surface, to process it. And essentially what we do is um, it's set up in a way, these sessions, they go for about an hour or so, and we start very slowly. Um, it's uh, There's always a specifically designed um, music set that goes with the, the session. So no music set is ever the same uh, the way yeah. I teach it. I always really adjust it to 
the group to the individual, um, whatever the needs are. And so we slowly, uh, we start breathing. Um, sometimes we dance just to kind of get into our bodies first, nice. you know, it just helps a lot of people. <laughs> um, or we do like an intro meditation. And then we start getting into the breath, which is, um, I instructed in different ways, uh, because in order to really teach this kind of breathing in a trauma-informed and nervous system-informed way, I think it's important to give options. And so there are schools like holotropic breathwork, um, rebirthing and whatnot. They mainly teach mouth breathing. And I give options. I give all the three gears. I'm like, hey, if, if you experience or if you feel really confident, then go with mouth in, mouth out. Um, but then we have two more options with in through the nose, out through the mouth. Or you can just do nose breathing, right? And we call the breath or the technique conscious connected breathing. So yes, it's conscious, but it's also connected. So we connect the in-breath and the out-breath, right? And so, yes, we off-gas a lot of CO2, which has an effect in um, how our brain is oxygenated. And that has an effect on us um, sort of um, entering these altered states of consciousness. Um, I mean, there are... There, there isn't that much um, research on it yet. There are some studies yeah. on holotropic breathwork, um, but we we sort of also borrow a bit of research from um, the research on psychedelics and um, especially right. like LSD and psilocybin. Um, and what happens during um, those sessions is that certain areas of the default mode network in the brain sort of get go offline, which then enables us right. to kind of bypass that ego mind and be able to um, be able to access these emotions, process them, or access memories, access, you know, uh, experiences that we normally wouldn't be able to access in our day-to-day life. Um, okay. And just, so then... Can we just mm-hmm. uh, pause there, just because some of that might be quite new for people, and just um, the, the you were saying that the, the conscious connected breath is about connect it so they inhale and exhale there's no pause going in but in between it's like a, it's a cyclical mm-hmm. breath you're saying yeah it could be it could be mouth or it could be nose mouth mm-hmm. or it could be nose nose that you just mm-hmm. described them as gears and the strongest gear being the mouth because it's a bigger vessel and would allow it to move yeah. faster yeah mm-hmm. um and then and i think this is one of the really interesting questions i think you actually it's 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 complicated i think you explained it like that's why I like talking to you because it's 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 complicated stuff, but it's with a with a lens of like this is probably some of the things that are going on when we sort of join up. There's some dots is because as you were talking earlier, I was like, oh, so yeah, what what is the mechan- what How is this letting these emotions come to the surface? And mm-hmm. if I'm understanding this right, that the we're using a breath as a tool to influence our brain states shut off certain parts of the brain mm-hmm. so that that almost gets out of the way and these other things that were buried down are, mm-hmm. are coming out of my sort of yeah getting yeah, that that's yeah. pretty much yeah that's well summarized and we also use movement and sounding as a way to okay. elicit emotions or to close these stress cycles or these um incomplete reflexes you know yeah what we... does what does that mean what does closing a stress cycle mean yeah so let's say we experience um, a traumatic event or we never really learn how to process an emotion, let's say anger. And uh, we essentially, you know, if we think about the cycle of an emotion, 
um, you know, the, the, uh, we're triggered. We feel the emotion doing its thing. There's, you know, there's sensations in our bodies and it usually, well, we call it a cycle, but it, it also works like a wave, right? So we go right. up the wave after we were triggered. Uh, there's this peak moment of when we're fully feeling the emotion, anger, sadness, whatever. And then eventually, uh, if we let it actually process through us and flow through us, then we come back down the other side of the wave or, you know, we close that cycle we close that you know this okay. yeah the yeah. stress cycle of an emotion because any emotion really is jar is just charge that's building up in our bodies and 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 what it really wants is to just do its thing flow through us and for us to get out of the way um and then it can move on and it can yeah. transform is and there any part our... of this might be totally not right but is there any part of it saying like charge and then saying it's trying to find its way is there any element of like earthing where you know grounding is that you know getting barefoot on is that is it when we talk when you say charge is there any element to it that's like, as in literally like electrical charge that would be it is an energy activation would be another word maybe right. uh yeah. that you could use it, it's it's you know when we think about an emotion like anger you can really feel the energy yeah. in your body right it's an activation in your nervous system we we shift from maybe one moment we were nice and chill and relaxed and then you know sitting on the couch in parasympathetic um ventral vagal mode and then our partner says something to us uh, that triggers us and then boom our nervous system <laughs> shifts right into fight or flight um we get angry and depending on our conditioning programming and how we deal with that emotion of anger let's say uh let's say i shut down my anger because i was taught that anger is not yeah. good to feel you know is i shouldn't feel anger uh it's a bad emotion and so i shut it down i just i pretend i'm not angry um and so i respond uh, but i'm actually overriding the signals yeah. of my body and the 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 reaction of my nervous system and so that anger, it doesn't just dissipate <laughs> just right, because yeah, I suppress yeah, yeah. it, right? It doesn't just go away, uh, which is what we might think. It's yeah. just like, well, I've, I've kind of put it away and, and now it's gone. I can just yeah. move on. But that energy, those stress hormones, right? The adrenaline and, and the cortisol, like it's, yeah. in, it's yeah. running through our system. Yeah. And so if we keep on suppressing that, you know, and if that eventually that stuff builds up, builds up, builds up and anger is one of those emotions if you suppress anger you know for your entire life since you were a little baby then um eventually it has to come out <laughs> something's gotta 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 go gotta give and and so um and so that's what i mean also by stress cycle is if we always just push down the anger that stress cycle never gets to complete the stress mm -hmm. hormones the energy of the anger of that emotion keeps living in our body somewhere uh goes into our tissues it, it doesn't the hormones don't get metabolized um and so i think we can make up a lot with exercise and moving our body okay, to be yeah. honest i think we can do a lot with that um and i think it affects people worse that don't move as much is there, um yeah is there an mm -hmm. element in that that when we're moving we're helping i'm just thinking of like the lymph system in that when you're talking about some of these things not being a way out like the, the lymph mm -hmm. Yeah. is a is a system to allow for that sort of yeah to yeah to metabolize and yeah. detox the hormones yeah for sure but also if we think about fight or flight um i mean 
you know, if we if we didn't have this ego mind and if we didn't have all this conditioning sitting yeah. on top of an emotional reaction like anger, right? Yeah. Then, if you know, I would get angry, I would either fight or flight, right? Yeah. I would either, you know, either yell or scream or push away, you know, yeah. to uh, set a An boundary. outlet for that energy. Yeah, or I would run away. That's what yeah. the the, uh, the sympathetic nervous system does when I shift into activation, when I'm angry, it mobilizes energy yeah. for me to either fight or run away. And so now I have all this energy in my body, but I'm not doing anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then like you could even, you know, let's think about a lot it's of- It's crazy actually that we think we're like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. I'll just suppress that. And like, like you're saying like all that, St stuff that's been created to help you then go and either do your fight or flight you don't use yeah. it it's like yeah yeah it's so gonna be somewhere yeah. then what yeah exactly uh, and yeah, yeah. i mean let's just think about a lot of people um playing video games and like these very like these let's say these fighting games right and and so we're sitting there and we have this 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 joystick in our hands and i don't know what you call it these days and then <laughs> um, yeah i ain't got a guy ain't got a game boy anymore <laughs> My mum wouldn't then, let me play fighting games. Mum was right, I think, by the sounds yeah. of it. But we're activating our sympathetic nervous system while playing these games, but we're not moving our bodies. It's actually wild if you think about it. Yeah. There's all this energy being created in our bodies while we're playing these games, but we're not. It, it keeps sitting in our bodies, and so that's why we then have a lot of teenagers or kids, you know, struggling with ADHD or ADD. Because I mean, this energy's yeah, gotta go that somewhere. Makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, so you know, uh, that's will be an emotional stress cycle, and yeah. uh, and if if we don't allow ourselves to complete that, and that has a lot to do with how we learned how to deal with emotions and how we're conditioned yeah. and society and what's expected of us and and on how we how we deal with something like anger, but then yeah. you know, doing a transformational breathwork session is almost like we're giving us a permission slip. <laughs> like I'm going to lie down, I'm yeah. going to give myself an hour and I'm going to, you know, get myself um, with uh, intention into a sympathetic state in an activated state. I am, yeah. I am, um, you know, I, I'm triggering a stress response essentially. Um, but you're choosing to do it, which is I'm yeah, choosing exactly. to do that's it. a big difference. So I'm support, I'm doing that consciously and you know and then slowly slowly the music builds up and it reaches a sort of peak um and uh, which usually coincides with an emotional peak and maybe an emotional release or um whatever i mean the difference uh, the the experiences are very different everybody mm -hmm. has a different experience some people the first time they do it not much happens some people do it for the first time like i did back then and mind-blowing experience yeah, and then and then eventually we come back down, and this is a very important part of the a session is the integration piece, the relaxation piece. So the music comes down um, is when we essentially is how an emotional stress cycle should be completed. Right. Is you know we come up, we release the energy, and then we come back down in a safe space. Um, we relax into it. And, you know, let's say as a, as a child, you know, we have a, a, an anger tantrum and uh, we yeah. come back down and we are held by a parent. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. hey, everything's good. Everything's yeah. fine. That's, yeah. you know, you're no loved. worries. <laughs> yeah, you're loved. And so I guide, um, I guide through this sort of 
wave, um, I got to breathe this through it. And I, um, you know, I, I utilize voice and, and words and affirmations, um, as yeah. we move through a session like that. Um, and then, and so that's a really important, uh, piece is the integration one is to learn how to go into activation and come back down again yeah. and doing that in a safe space, um, can be incredibly healing and incredibly transformative. Yeah. Um, yeah, and when we do it in person, so I do these sessions online, but when we do them in person, we also use body work. So we facilitate uh, a repatterning of the breath. Um, and so we can see when someone's lying there and they're breathing, I can see exactly where the breath is going and where it's not flowing, you know? And yeah. I mean, yes, we talk a lot about chest breathers and, and belly breathers and stuff, but Ah, oh, there's so much more that the breath is doing in the body. And so we can use touch to facilitate um, uh, an opening up of the breath um, and uh, for the breath to really be connected and flowing. And, um, and by doing that, I mean, yes, we can also encourage or motivate maybe uh, more of emotional release um, or, you know, I mean, it's it's a very for me it's a very fascinating uh modality because mm. um for one is that uh, is that is that beyond we say open it with a breath is that beyond rib kinematics in terms of like what we would typically think for like breathing movement in mm. terms of like the movement of the of the yeah it goes beyond that if if i want to i want to look at the breath as really a wave going all the way from like the the pelvis the hip area right all the way up to the collarbones in a way obviously i only want about you know maybe 20 or 30 percent movement up here most of the movement coming from um the diaphragm area and the belly um but that's kind of what i would love to see in a nice sort of flow in and out and in this wave and um, and a lot of times, especially people holding a lot of emotions and holding a lot of trauma, you see that somewhere the, yeah, the breath yeah. is stuck. We isolate the breath, uh, or we uh, the breath, the chest, or we isolate yeah. the belly, or yeah. you know, there's yeah. there's. I think rib. Stuckness. I think rib kinematics will explain. You know, your first rib is higher than your collarbone. Like it. Yeah, true. I think I think people people potentially when we talk about rib mechanics, maybe think of like, oh, just, just those lower two ribs moving. Whereas like the whole rib cage has got potential mm. to move posteriorly. So anyway, um, mm. I, mm -hmm. um, I've done a couple of, uh, workshops and events in person with Jamie Clements, uh, breastplate. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to come on the yeah. pod as well. Um, nice. and when I've, when he's been teaching his section, I've, I've done the conscious connected breathing twice when he's been, mm -hmm. been needing it. So I have, um, Oh, some no ex as in up. a first person experience of, 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 of what you're saying. Um, mm. and so conscious creative breathing, transformational breathing, holotropic hyperventilation as a, as a, as a tool, where does the somatic, cause the other one was you mentioned was somatic, somatic does, experiencing, where yes. does that mm -hmm. fit in? Yeah. So here's where <laughs> Sorry, I really, unless you've got anything yeah. else to say about those other ones. No, yeah, those are the main ones that I utilize in, in my work with clients and, and workshops and, and stuff. But and this is where things get interesting, because um, so, yes, on the one hand, we have functional breathing, uh, breath coaching, regulating breathing practices um, that we can do on a daily basis. Then we have the transformational style breath work that I would recommend only doing maybe 
I don't know. I mean, I, I do it maybe once a month currently, you know, but let's say maybe once a week, if you're going through a really rough time and you just, you know, need it, then maybe twice a week, but then That's... it's really important to combine it with a functional breathing practice. Right? Yeah, that was one question I wanted to ask, actually. I love that you emphasize that point. I think that would be obvious from people in terms of what I, I would be like, yeah, you need to make sure you got your functional breathing. But yeah. the, that was a question I forgot uh, I was thinking I needed to ask that you're suggesting once a month or once a week, like, yeah, those time frames. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. when, when, what, what, where does, uh, how do I ask this? I'm just, how do I ask this question? Right. Um, if someone's doing Wim Hof, we, you haven't talked about Wim Hof method, but that again is a hyperventilation practice. The number of people that choose to do that every day, mm -hmm. like what's, where does that sit with you? Someone doing that every single day? Do you, I can see you smiling to go on, let you, where's, so where's that sit for you? Yeah, so much to say on this really. Um, kind of worm, sorry. <laughs> sorry of, if that's uh, too much. Sort of. Um, I think it has a lot to do with intention and that's where, how I, I mean, that's why I differentiate between transformation style breathwork and Wim Hof because the Wim Hofers, their intention of doing the Wim Hof breathing every single day, um, is very different from the intention that we wow. have when we do transformational breath work. Okay. Um, the way I see it, right. And there might be Wim Hof as a disagree, yeah. but the way I use transformational breath work is to really, um, to close these stress cycles, to get in touch with my body, um, with these suppressed emotions, um, and maybe also get in touch with my higher intelligence and whatnot. Um, for me, a lot of Wim Hofers, and I'm not saying all of them, but I see a lot of them are chasing the high of doing the practice. I've and never heard not... the term Wim Hofer before, but I quite like it. Uh, <laughs> a hopper. <laughs> Hoffers. Um, and that's not what, what, how I oh, okay. teach transformational breathwork. It's not about chasing the high. You might see a lot of people on social media going really into these big catharsic, cathartic moments and, and experiences yeah. and going super wild this is not something that we necessarily encourage the way that yeah. i and, and my partner and i teach yeah. um breath work and yeah. because it's not necessary you don't okay. need the crazy catharsis to yeah. have a meaningful experience and, and to close the stress cycle it's not yeah. necessary and i can and i so, i also just want to um not making fun of anybody there'll be tons of people that listen to this podcast that will enjoy yeah. doing the Wim Hof method for very different reasons at very different times. And, um, mm -hmm. I just, the term Wim Hof, I just, it, it was just, I found it, it was just, I just <laughs> never heard the term for it. So I'm not, we're not here to, um, I'm not making yeah. fun of him. I'm no, not we're not, judgmental. Yeah. That's what I just wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it's just what I see and what I observe. Yeah. And a lot of the people that come to my work as well, they, they come from, you know, practicing Wim, the Wim Hof breathing for a long time. And, um, and so what I see is that a lot of people chase the high and essentially what it means is they chase the adrenaline. And the thing is, we already live in such a massively adrenalized world, looking at our lifestyles and looking at our stress levels and yeah. the chronic yeah. pains and the chronic illness and whatnot. And so we already have enough adrenaline running in our bodies and cortisol. Yeah. And so I, that is my personal opinion. I don't yeah. necessarily think that Wim Hof breathing, doing it on a daily basis is necessarily really helping, um, yeah. uh, you know, helping a regulated nervous system or helping to um, establish a functional breathing pattern. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I mean, there's this yes. one study, that's, that's fair right? 
by Cox, who looks at um, uh, how Wim Hof breathing impacts our CO2 levels. Yeah. Um, and it, it uh, the result is not positive. And yeah. so, yeah. Um, so that's how I look at it. I'm not saying Wim Hof breathing is bad per se. I'm just saying, I think we need to be more intentional with how we yeah. use it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't promote it as a daily practice. Again, yeah. I would use it like transformational breath work, maybe once a week, maybe twice a week, uh, maybe use it before you do your ice bath or whatnot. But I don't even think that's necessary. I know a lot of people who do no. ice baths and they don't do the Wim Hof breathing. I don't, I, I do a lot of ice. Uh, I don't, and this is, um, one day we'll get him on the podcast, but as far as I'm aware, and as I've seen, and I've been to a Wim Hof event, he wasn't running it. Um, you don't do hyperventilation and jump in water. The mm. two separate things. Right, um, right. But, uh, yeah, there was something I was going to ask you then. There was something quite good. I can't remember now. Um, <laughs> well, go where on. I was going to go, maybe I'll come back. Where I was going to go now, though, is um, that now somatic experiencing, it's not a breathing practice. It's a, um, it's a modality uh, to treat trauma, really. Um, okay. And it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's trauma therapy and it's called somatic experiencing because um it's really about getting into the body getting out of our heads because we yeah. can't really um you know heal our traumas by tr analyzing them and thinking about them because you know they're not about the event the trauma is not the event and uh it's about what happens in our bodies it's about how our nervous yeah. system responds and it's about um the reactions from the event that still live on in our bodies that have not been uh, metabolized yet, the stress cycles that have not been able to complete. And so somatic experiencing uh, is a way that we can utilize the sensations in our bodies and get familiar with them um, in response to, you know, getting activated um, or, but also we can use somatic experiencing to even just explore our capacity for joy. Like what does joy feel like in your body, Jekko? Like, mm. how do you know that you're experiencing joy? Right. And rather than just thinking about it and analyzing mm. why you're experiencing, experiencing joy, it's about getting into your body and noticing the sensations that you feel mm. when you experience joy and the same, we can, yeah, we can do the same thing for any other emotion and, uh, and eventually we get to, um, get closer to the actual trauma and that can be a shock trauma, but developmental trauma, birth trauma. I mean, those are, those are traumas that we can't even access with words because yeah. we didn't have words when they happened. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so, yeah. Um, and so somatic experiencing helps us to access, um, what's stored in our bodies helps us to bring it to the surface and really reestablish that somatic connection, uh, to our bodies and, and somatic experiencing would, is not a fan of holotropic breathwork, transformational breathwork, generally not a fan yeah. of breathwork in general or using the breath. Yeah. And, um, and I think a lot of times these modalities, let it be somatic experiencing, let it be Wim Hof, let it be holotropic breathwork or oxygen advantage. It's almost like they're all religions and they all believe in this one God, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> and yeah. it's got to be this way. And this is how we do it. And we believe in X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yo, can we just like break all this up and just yeah. open it all up and, and yeah, see how, yeah. they, how they relate and how we can use them together. And, and that's yeah. what I do in my work is yeah. um is that 
I I see the potential of um, of the synergies that different modalities that are very separate from each other and different from each other um, and have very different belief systems. And I'm like, no, like we can totally them, combine yeah. them and connect yeah. them. And and yeah. and I found I for myself on my healing journey and um, and to to establish a regulated nervous system and to heal my traumas, that combination has been golden of, of yeah. somatic psychotherapy, like somatic experiencing, transformational breath work, but also, you know, Buteco oxygen advantage. Been huge. Yeah. yeah. So no, I love that. I love the, the essence um, of my work. Yeah, no, thank you for thank you for sharing and giving us a, you know, we went we went around all the different ways mm. that we can use breathing. Um and I love that I I love that concept of like connecting these different things but also that word used i wrote it down i was like that's the title of the of the of this episode like opening up mm -hmm. all these different modalities mm -hmm. uh, rather than them being them being separate uh, the thing mm -hmm. that i was going to i guess it wasn't even a question it was when you were talking about like almost too much of anything so like you know in the, with with co2 tolerance we'd say like you know, we need to improve our CO2 tolerance, like carbon dioxide is a good thing. It's not waste product. Da, da, da. But if you, if you inhaled pure CO2, like the air, <laughs> CO2 in the air that you breathe in now yeah. is like 0.004%. If you breathe in pure CO2, you die. Like it would change yeah. the pH of your blood. Yeah. So too much of anything. And Absolutely. I think we forget that, don't we? Just did yeah. generally in life. But um, no, thank oh, you. So yeah. thank you so much. Um, mm. If people, um, I know that people will probably have um, a lot of questions. People might have some quite personal questions that, you know, they don't want to, <laughs> they want to you know, speak to you um, directly or if people want to follow your work, how, what's the best way people can connect with you and, you know, maybe take mm. a bit of a deeper dive with uh, work with you online or events that you're doing? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm mainly active on Instagram, just like Jacko is. <laughs> well, actually, you're more active than no. on Instagram. <laughs> I checked my screen. Like I'll tell you my screen. I did. Yeah. Yeah. What's your screen? The iPhone will tell you how often how long you've been on. <laughs> no, um, you're just you're just really effective with posting, I guess. Um, yeah. So Instagram, it's uh, breathwork alchemy, and otherwise, I have a website where you can connect with me. Uh, of course, I have a newsletter that I send out that uh, I think is really awesome. Comes out every month, um, and that's yeah. at breathworkalchemy.co. Um, and, uh, I have a teacher training for anyone who's, um, uh, German speaking currently only, um, at intosomabreathwork.com. And so we sort of combine all of these different worlds right, that right. I just talked about. Um, we combine all of that in a nine month training and yeah. Cool. So Thanks nine, for anyone me, that Jacob. wants to take a proper deep dive, nine months of, of education and training, I think is mm -hmm. it, even just the duration of it suggests tells, says that like, <laughs> you, you, you know, you're taking it, you, you're taking a deep dive and you're going to come out of that, yeah. you know, well adversed in, in this, which I think is, um, I think it's about embodiment at the end of the day. And I think yeah. it takes time to embody yeah, yeah, for sure. something for sure. Yeah. Awesome. We'll put those links uh, in the show notes for people. So if you don't yet follow Connie on Instagram, head over there and, and uh, obviously you can connect there. And then those uh, those links for the website, the newsletter and uh, the teacher training. Me, class. No, thank yeah. you for spending the time um, sure. being on the Between Breaths podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so there we have it. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, as much as I did speaking with Connie, that that rounded um, approach and what I always um, sort of 
come back to with things is are they are they sensible and, and are they rational and so some of those um concepts and principles that she uh works by of ensuring someone that has their breathing assessed if they're going to work with her to assess the breathing to to see where they're at with their breathing to work on their functional breathing and their bolt score etc before doing some more um challenging breath work which may involve hyperventilation if appropriate uh, as well as how often should we be doing hyperventilation practices if that is something you're going to do um, so to me very sensible very rational um, and uh, certainly um, someone that i encourage you to go and check out her work if um, if her story resonated um, with you so do check out the links in the show notes um, for that and also, if you haven't um, either gave us any feedback or reviewed the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we'd love you to do a little review wherever you listen to the podcast, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, wherever else. Um, and uh, really appreciate the support of the podcast. Um, it helps it to grow. It helps us to get more guests on. And if you have any recommendations or people you would like to see come on as a guest, please do get in touch. Uh, you can either message, message me on Instagram, jacko.david.jackson, or you can drop me an email at david.jackson at oxygenadvantage.com. So thanks for listening. I've been breathing. No, you've been breathing. <laughs> I don't even know my own tagline. <laughs> you've been breathing. I've been listening. Until next time. What am I actually? I didn't even say that, did I? You've been breathing. I can't even remember what it is now. What is it? You've been listening. I've been breathing. No? Until next time, we'll keep it nasal. I need to stop having um, breaks in between these podcasts. It's something like that. It definitely finishes with keep it nasal. <laughs>